Hello and welcome to Walking the Earth Podcast. Hey, quick thank you uh, to everybody who has given us a rating and review on iTunes. Really appreciate uh, all the five-star reviews that have been coming in. Uh, I'll go ahead and just read one of the most recent ones um, from Akeem. Akeem says, uh, this is a great podcast which deals with the backpacker's life and various encounters. Highly recommend. Uh, thanks, Akeem, for the great words, and thank you, everyone else, who has given us a, a rating or review. Uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, please do. If you're enjoying the show, uh, you know, head to iTunes. We have a link on the uh, post for this episode at wtepodcast.com. Um, if you could shoot us a rating or review, that helps us tremendously to, uh, to reach more people. Uh, so thank you, everybody. Um, another thing that we really appreciate as folks who uh, actually could helping yourselves as well. Folks have gone to our link at uh, audibletrial.com slash WTE podcast for your free audiobook download. Um, just for being a listener of the show, uh, you've got that great offer to take advantage of. Audiobooks, kind of like a podcast, it's a nice thing to listen to uh, just if you're traveling, um, which we've talked about a couple uh, previous episodes. Um, you can listen to books, maybe new ones you've heard before or, or ones you've heard before. Um, it's a really nice medium, so you can get yourself a free audiobook just for uh, being a, a listener here. Uh, that's available at uh, audibletrial.com slash WTE podcast. You'll help yourself, and also it'll go away towards supporting the show. Uh, and thank you, everybody <clears throat> everybody who has already given us a rating and, and, had, and gone to our Audible link. Um, getting into this episode, though, uh, I'm Mike Margulies, and today uh, I'm still here in wonderful Chiang Mai, Thailand, and I'm being joined by Pete Hillman. Uh, Pete, how are you going, man? Pretty good, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And so we actually met at, um, you threw a, actually a free uh, little um, sort of course thing, a free one-day uh, talk about starting online businesses. Yeah. And you, you call yourself a, a web creative. Yeah. doing consulting and helping people build their sites and that kind of thing. Yeah, we're fortunate at the moment to have a bit of a West Coast vibe to Chiang Mai mm. in Thailand. There's a lot of people coming out here, entrepreneurs yes, and people who want to uh, get something going online. And not all of them are IT savvy, so I wanted to give a, an easy lecture on how to get started online. Yeah, and I, actually I found... Uh, Personally, I found that to be really helpful because uh, you know, I've got a website here, my, you know, yeah. what I mentioned, wtepodcast.com, and uh, you know, I can learn a lot from you. I did learn, and I still stand oh, to learn more, kind. I think. Yeah, I think that it's not that difficult now. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm offering day courses, but I'm also uh, saying that you can do it if you put the time and the hours in. Um, with this idea of Web2, where you can upload content simply, it's all there now. You know, in the last 20 years, it's been revolutionized. Yes. You don't need to spend a lot of money, just put a bit of time in. And it's uh, you know, a great thing, you know, we talk a lot about digital nomads mm. and everything, um, and this uh, idea of being location independent, mm. um, and working online is obviously one of the easiest ways you can become location independent. Um, I mean, you yourself have been mm. a nomad, before, even before you were a digital nomad, mm. you were a nomad for, uh, how many years have you been? Uh, well, I just, I had a birthday, two weeks ago and I celebrated 31 years on the road. Oh, wow. So How makes old are you, man? think really, yeah, I know. I'm it, 46. Now. No way. I know. I, I, honestly, but, um, I, I well, wouldn't. the grays gives, gives it away. But, <laughs> no, I, I, in the old days, we didn't have anything. We had something, when we were communicating, you'd make collect calls at over a dollar fifty a minute. Um, and uh, we had something called post restant. It's still there. Basically, people would send you mail 
and you would arrive in somewhere like Singapore or Kathmandu and there would be a room full of uh, letters and you'd spend four hours looking through <laughs> all of them. Before you had Skype and email. Oh, to... before all that, yeah. And it was amazing. If you found a letter that someone, you know, a loved one had written you and you were in the back end of, you know, Calcutta, it was like Christmas. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a great time. It was much more freer and less tabbed than now. Right. But it was much more difficult. Yeah, exactly. Right now with with the internet right yeah. it has become i'm sure i mean i i can't speak from personal experience of i, I haven't traveled for 30 years mm-hmm. um much i haven't even been alive 30 years much less traveled 30 <laughs> years um but uh yeah nowadays it's just so easy because we've got the internet right yeah. communication opens up yeah it's got not just skype and email but the ability to make money yeah. from a little machine you carry in your bag i th- i think that what people need to realize is that you need a fifth to a you know, a tenth of what you need in the West. Yes, that's true. Then, and that when you come out here, you know, it's it's much safer than it's portrayed to be in the media. That is so true, man. Yeah, um, and and the people are much friendlier. And there's a world outside. You know, I mean, you know, Pacific Atlantic Coast and the flyover states. America's a, an amazing place, mm. but you need to get out to put it all in perspective. Yeah, and it's not expensive or difficult to do that if you challenge yourself yeah and i i think what you hit on there about the safety of it is mm-hmm. you know i i i think a lot of my family back home mm-hmm. for example um in thailand right we're in this period of this whole year 2014 there's been protests and mm-hmm. military coup mm-hmm. and so my family is reading these news the media reports about oh my god it's so dangerous i can't why are you in thailand mm-hmm. i've spent the bulk of this year in this country the fact of the matter is though <laughs> i feel a lot safer walking around chiang mai at night than i do feel walking around baltimore city sure at night sure. <laughs> I mean, as, a, as a country you can't compete with it i mean it's, yeah. it's a very it, it doesn't have an imperial legacy which is That's pretty true. unique in the world yeah almost every other country here cambodia laos yeah. malaysia vietnam all have been yeah. colonized that's right mm. so there's there's a there's a it's different here there are only about three or four countries in the world that have not had some imp- uh, European imperial legacy right and this is one of them and you can see that around here and there are standards of things like safety and thefts almost zero yeah you know? I mean yeah. the amount of time I've left my keys in my motorbike yes. and just woke oh my yeah. and the bikes there so you know in Britain uh, where I grew up you couldn't leave anything in the car no, I wouldn't and if I'm in Baltimore no. I'm not gonna leave no way no. but here uh, there are certain things I mean that, you know the roads are a bit crazy for scooter riding but yeah that's true you, it's very safe. different dangers <laughs> yeah there's very little well it's physical like exactly like people yeah. um yeah say assaulting other people and mugging people these kind of things like you don't it's really almost like, unheard of yeah i mean and it's in contrast actually specifically here is much more much in contrast to say saigon and vietnam mm. where it's um saigon is much different vibe to it like, yeah you have this, what they call the uh, the Saigon Cowboys, um, which is kind of like if you picture that scene. Have you seen Full Metal Jacket? Yeah. There's that scene where they're like they're taking pictures with this girl, and this guy runs up, grabs their camera, and he runs on a motorbike. He does like a little dance and like runs on a motorbike, like that. This the Saigon, yeah. the classic Saigon Cowboy. Like and yes, yeah, everywhere you go, people just pickpocket you. Yeah. Like I have, all my friends were telling me stories of the, the close encounters and mm. stuff. I mean, if you compare it to Africa. I've hitchhiked from north to south, mm. and the danger there is phenomenal. Two wars started yeah. while I was going through it. Uh, it's a very dangerous place, and things can kick off very quickly there. You know, if you're taking a, a picture or whatever, you you don't show your camera for more than a second. 
Whereas here or in India, you can spend hours setting up. People want to know what you're doing. And the Thais are a bit more stoical. But in India, you can't get any continuity or anything because they want to come up and be movie stars. Right. And they love you. Like, you know, even the Brits, after what we did in India, they still love us. So it's an incredible place. Yeah. But Thailand, yeah, people will leave you alone unless you want to interact, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure you know I can see some Thai words on there. Oh, yeah. You're learning a bit. I know? am. Actually, that's, yeah, what, you're what I wrote down in my notebook here, yeah. uh, I was doing, just before I met up with you, mm. I went to see... Um, a Thai language tutor. Uh, actually, it's kind of crazy. This guy, um, really nice guy, he just posted on uh, one of these, there's all these Facebook pages mm -hmm. for resources of Thailand, and he said, hey, I'm a Thai guy. I lived in the U.S. for like uh, all these years, and I'm retired now. I'm living back in Chiang Mai, and I want to give free tutoring. Wow. And I just jumped on that because I've, yeah, I've been looking to, you know, to learn more Thai myself. Yeah, um, you know how difficult it is. It's like Martian. Mm. It's unbelievable. It's difficult. very, very, very different. Yeah, it's yeah. you have to learn how to. Um, it's a completely different way of you have to hear differently. It's, you know the tones. Yeah, thing. It's the tone. The they don't listen to the context of the words. They want to hear the tone. Yes, yes. Which is bizarre. It's very bizarre because uh, you know when we're speaking in English, we use our tones to express the emotion. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, if I, if I say to you, "What?" You yeah, know, that's, exactly. You know, but yeah. for in Thai, yeah, the tone itself is the word, it is, and so yeah. it gets confusing um, yeah. as a as a farang, as a foreigner, you know. Yeah. But you know, like you said, it, it's um, you know, unlike say a place like India, mm. where when I was in India, I, I, constantly I was meeting local people because yeah. I just were so interested in meeting. That's me. right. Yeah. It's more of a step back. Yeah, that's more of a step back here, and so I want to make an effort to make to meet that's more right. Thai friends. You have to, you have to go, and but they respect it. I mean, yeah, they're, they're but yeah, exactly. Once you make that effort, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, like you see that people just light up. Like I, right. I speak Nitnoi a little bit yeah, Thai, yeah. but just like saying the few things, and it, it, it makes a huge, huge difference. Um, and so uh, yeah, that's kind of like right now I. I I, since I couldn't really, I was planning to enroll in some classes basically, mm. and like it just getting the class I found that was like the one month class before mm. I go back to the states was like um, it kept getting pushed back. Mm. So uh, luckily this guy kind of popped up and I Great. jumped on the opportunity. So I'll do this for now, and then uh, presumably I'm probably going to come back in January and take like a full proper course, you good know. Stuff. But get good a good stuff. base for now. Um, I think you're anomalous because a lot of Americans come here and they keep their own little bubble and you can't. You've got to get mm. involved and Many do people the local do. thing mm. you know, and break it because it's such a beautiful country it and is. people get lulled by the bars and the spas and all that but there's much more to it. it, is. it, it, it can, it's very easy to um, you know, get by with yep. only English even though it, yeah, it's, it's, it's very easy. If you just mm. speak English, you can, you'll get by in Chiang Mai. But you, you uh, won't but integrate. In you, exactly. You're not going to integrate at no. all. Um, and so, yeah, you can do it. There are a lot of people who come out and you know, do the whole the digital nomad thing. They come mm. out to co-working spaces and yeah. um, will start their business. And you can do it. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with that. But for me personally, mm. I think a big part of if I want to make Chiang Mai kind of like a, a, a long-term base mm -hmm. for myself, like a, make a home here, I think it's really important to, for me to like integrate as much as I can. I think so. I think you've got, I call it immersion. Mm. And in India, I spent a lot of years uh, out in the villages, out in the mountains. I spent a lot of years in the Himalayas and in the, in the oh, that's uh, valleys awesome, there. I need and to go back to the, see yeah, the Himalayas. I, know, I miss that part of India. It's my second home. Oh. I absolutely love it. You know? It's hard. It's hard travel, yeah. as you know. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to get perhaps a bit more sicker. But 
it's mm. so rewarding because of the culture, religion, everything, and yeah. they come up to you and they want to integrate. It's but immersion place. is the way to do it, you know. I, and even now, I take people out in the villages here, and they can't believe how different it is from the city. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of interesting, right? Because you're in this. Um, you're in Thailand, but it's like, am I in Thailand? Because mm. I look around, there's all these signs in English exactly. everywhere. You know, it's yeah. it's an interesting, interesting place. Um, it is. It's it, it's a fusion. It's a weird fusion. Of east meets west kind of. Yeah, um, it's so developed in some ways, and it's so uh, not backward, but in other ways, it's just incredibly Asian. Yes, you know? exactly, exactly. It, yeah, you see the Western influence, but mm. also it's like you see like the stark contrast at the same time. It's yeah. like that's like one thing I really love about it, though, is it has that like mm. that mesh of like the East meets West. I'm here in a Buddhist country, mm. and you can see the culture, like the way people treat each other mm. and address. It's very, very different um, yeah, than like, it, it, in the it States. is, and it takes a while to get your head around it. It mm. works in a different way. I think you need to check your expectations when oh, you come for sure. here, and then be open. I think that's another thing that, for example, like many of um, my friends and family, I keep like, <laughs> I keep pushing them, hey guys, come visit me, mm. trust me, it's awesome. I think there's a, um, the, the picture that people have of what it's like in Thailand is different than, you know, yeah. in actuality. And I, it has to be, because I know for me it is. Yeah. I, I didn't know what it was until I came here. They project it in one way, you know, what you have, and then when the reality is something totally different. Yeah. And, and you develop and you change the longer you spend in that country. Like in India, five years, I don't feel like I touched the surface, right, really. Right. I spent a lot of time in yeah. where I wanted to be. Uh, hidden away in valleys and up in with villages and things, yeah. but it just—it's infinite, you know. That's and, a thing. And you never stop learning, tiny little things, you know, all yeah. the time. And you you realize, oh, I've been you know misunderstanding that for yes. five, ten years, yes. and what a fool. But you know, it's all about learning. Yeah, and I, you have the the telltale sign of a of a seasoned traveler. It's that humility, you know. <laughs> I think that's what you need. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. You just you realize the more that you know, the less you actually yeah. know. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it it's funny because I think a lot of times when you first get to a country, it's like you know everything, right? <laughs> I know you know everything, and the longer you spend in a country, like you realize how little you yeah. actually know. Yeah. Um, I think I'm lucky. At one of the things I've always done is come into a country, uh, country like for some I went to Manhattan. I stayed down in Broadway and I walked up to Yonkers. I've always done that wherever I was in Berlin, in Cairo, or you know wherever Toronto, whatever. I would drop my stuff off and just walk mm. and smell the city. Yeah, uh, like Manhattan, walking all the way up, uh, all the way up through the uh, rich areas, then up to the poor areas, and up to Yonkers and that, and catching the bus back and things, and watching people, and you know, smelling the smelling the city. Yeah. It sounds weird. Every city seems to have its own smell right. and feel, you know. Yeah, it's it's the way to do it, and you just watch people and be be humble enough to learn, you yeah. know, rather than project a bubble and show your insecurity by screaming right. and carrying on and right. expecting things. Yeah, there's this there's a tendency um, when you come out to say country is so different, mm. um, like things aren't what you expect them to be. Like, why is that? You know, like uh, let me think of an example. Okay, so if I'm at a restaurant um, here, um, you. It, it's not what I'm used to at first when the waiter, for example, in the U.S. is going to walk up, be like, very, sure. hi, how can I help yeah. you? And like, be uh, very like the customer service in like the U.S., for example, it's yeah, like this it's thing. Untouchable. But you can't come here, <laughs> yeah, you can't come to Thailand and expect like, oh, I'm going to sit down in like this 
this re- this waiter's gonna be at my will and beckon. Like, no. no, it's just a different culture. And so if you come into a place like Thailand and you think like, you know, mm. hey, what the hell? I have been here and the the, wait- the waiter hasn't brought my menu yet. What's going on? Like, whoa, check yourself for a second because it's not like yeah. it's not the, the it's not them that are wrong. It's you're in a different culture. You know, it's, it's you've named it. You you've got to check yourself. And mm. it's all about development with humility and spending yeah. time. You know, I mean, remember being a kid, I spent time in Munich. And they would come and, you know, throw a pizza on the table. Literally, it would be spinning. And you'd tell, what about the salad? And they nothing. They'd just run off, you know. I mean, they really... And it seems very rude, but Munich's famous for that kind of brashness mm. in Germany. Whereas in the States, you know, it's probably the best public service I've ever seen yeah. and that's not just because of the tipping it just is it's, it's indoctrinated in the system yeah yeah it's not just places you tip you mm. go to like a store if I walk no. into like uh, you know Customer I don't know services yeah any store is like hey I can help you yeah. is there anything you need yeah it's just, yeah, it's just part of uh, which it's actually it's something I I could come to appreciate now uh, that that's right but you have to leave to, to yeah exactly you know, to realize to like, that's it. kind yeah. of odd that what yeah. America has is like yeah you walk into mm-hmm. a, a store mm-hmm. and a restaurant anywhere you go someone's going to be like there to like uh, oh there's like a bee attack giant bees <laughs> um, but yeah giant bees are flying at us right now um, I'm just going to like um, I think it's after your nip play cool <laughs> but yeah the customer service um, oh man the customer service is great, really awesome in the in the states. It is. It is. I mean, I used to think it was the tipping culture. We don't tip in England unless you're wealthy or something amazing mm. has happened. But because we pay a higher minimum rate, you know, mm. on the, the minimum wage and things. But it's not so. It's almost everywhere you go mm. and everything you do. But then you maybe come it's like out, a chicken egg thing, you know, like maybe. which came from maybe the tipping culture came from yeah. this, you know, customer. You know, it's sort of like yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> I. I I trust in humanity, and when like when you get out of the big cities in the United States, and I've hitchhiked, and the people are in, the friendliest we- Western English speaking mm. ever. You know, people inviting you to their house yeah. and all sorts of things. They don't even know me, and that they hear the accent. But yeah, they they're incredible. It's the main cities are hard, and that's what mm. puts people off. When you land in Delhi, it's one big megalopolis of yeah. madness. You know, it's the same. Bangkok is softer and yeah, easier yeah. going. Same thing, you know, and yeah, you is. need to get out. It's kind of like a, that's almost like a weird, it, it seems counterintuitive, but almost universally in different countries where you go, mm. in a really counterintuitive way, the more people there are, mm. the less people you connect with mm, in a weird it, way, right? Yeah, it's just strange. Everybody's atomized in the big city. Yeah, cities. if you're in a big city, you have to mm. like, yeah. You I mean, London, if you've ever been to London, the, the tube is awful. Mm. I was reading recently about people who were on the subway in, in Manhattan when 9-11 struck. And they said the weird thing was everybody was talking to each other, which right. I thought was really sad. You know, the fact that it took an absolute catastrophe to get people to open up and be... Humans to each other. Yeah, you, yeah. whereas when you travel, you know yourself, uh, you're always meeting new people, yes. unless you don't want to. Right. Specifically right. in places like India, uh, you can't Asia, help it. places like that. In, you meet real freak oddballs and you meet really interesting people with massive life experiences. Yeah. I've, I've met so many incredible people over the years. Uh, that is for sure, um, I think one of the best parts about this travel lifestyle mm. um, is all of the amazing people that you run into mm. and you experience and the, that make you grow. And it's on two sides of it. It's like other travelers mm. that 
you find to be like-minded and you're like, oh, there's someone who thinks like, people like, I couldn't find someone who thinks this way back home who's this similar to me. And then also you're in this very different culture and the local people you meet like really open your mind to like the things about your culture that you didn't realize and about yourself that you didn't realize. I, I think the other thing is we need Americans to travel yeah. because the power involved from you know the United States, yeah, uh, yeah. such a big influence. Only five in percent of the world's population, but they use twenty-five to thirty percent of its resources. Is that yeah? If they come out here, they can make fundamental changes to the world. Observe how everything works. You yes, know? I've got friends over there, and they're scared, senseless. I remember I was yeah, in, people are I was petrified. in, yeah, I know. They don't, no I don't reason. know why, but the media, the popular mm. media, and all that, you know. But um, it's it's kind of it's wild because as an American. It's just a weird thing to me is because if, if you have an American passport, mm. you are at such an advantage on like on a world scale as far as the opportunities you have, what you can like basically where, where your passport lets you go, how far your dollar goes. You have this immense amount of opportunity that most people in the world are not as like a Thai person, for example, does not have these no. opportunities that an American has yet. The Americans uh, oftentimes are ones who don't want to and are worried about it and are freaking out. It's like, wait, you're the most best positioned person in the world. Like, mm. you know, people say things like, oh, I wish I could travel. I wish you're the best leveraged person in one of the best in the world to it's, be able to do this. It's an absolute privilege. And that's what a lot yeah. of people think about. Uh, they forget, actually. Yeah. When, when you're out here, the opportunities you get. There's a lot get. of fear. Yeah, um, there's, there's that from the media. Yeah, I can mm, go on about that forever. Right. But basically, <laughs> you've got to break through it and get out. And then, yeah. you know, I think we're I, seeing I, it too. I think more Americans are starting to travel. Um, I, I hope so. I think this younger generation's coming through. And I'm starting not, to see it. I'd like to say more now than I saw a year ago. I mean, mm, I look at the guests on my podcast are recently overwhelmingly American. Mm, I, I was surprised myself. I was like, wait a minute. I've been talking to a lot of Americans on this show. What's going mm. on here? This is weird. <laughs> yeah, Thailand seems to be a real mecca for Americans in yeah. many ways. Whereas India, you only see them in the sort of guru areas mm. like um, Pune and Rishikesh yeah. and things like that. If you go out in the dark sort of areas where it's really, really poor. There, you yeah. meet Canadians and Aussies and you know Brits and things, oh, yeah. but Americans... Having said that, they're usually doing some good NGO work. Like I met an American guy who was working on the borders of Afghanistan uh, when that was going off, and he was risking wow. his life wow. to, to give out stuff. So they, there's a lot of good work being done. Yeah. But we need more I th- people to come out. You know. You're right. Well, it's kind of like, um, like you said, the, the America, uh, the U.S. And I'm realizing this now more than I did when I was in the U.S. But I realize now just how much of an impact my country has oh, on the rest of the world. It's just massive and like in just ways I never would have conceived of before. Well, the military budget in itself. The military, also just look, TV shows, movies, you know. Everything. The whole culture, culture. Yeah. like McDonald's and the Starbucks mm. and the, you know, in the, yeah, the, the military presence, of course, mm. obviously is a very, very big mm. impact as well. Um, we have a massive impact on this world and, and and the thing is that ultimately the people who live in america who you know are, are subject to popular media don't realize it and they don't come out yeah. here to get a balanced view it, of it you know? yeah so it's true i need to come out and just have well, a, i have, have you a know i think about my own family man mm-hmm. and like you know i come from my background is, like, i come from like a very conservative family and you know when we have holiday dinners for example it's sort of like you know, the, the, the kind of like the Fox News rhetoric comes out, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like, um, you know, it, it, for me, it's very difficult because, um, you know, it, it's the rhetoric in support of, you know, hey, invading Iraq and all these things, and I'm thinking to myself, like, 
you know, no, we haven't been bombing Iraq for 20 years for humanitarian reasons. No. <laughs> like, it's... It, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, that's, there's a chance to talk about that another time, but mm. the thing is that the amount of power involved uh, people have a direct correlation. Yes. They can, they can say and I, and a I don't, lot. I'm not. You know, the thing is, like, I, I don't. I think we all, everyone means well. It's just, it's just not understand having the understanding. Like, mm. I think of a lot of people that are in support of these things that are not necessarily um, the healthiest for the rest of the world. Let's say, that like you said, the traveling and the experiencing and seeing people. I think. Um, yeah. Well, it, you unwind slowly, and if you can be humble enough and uh, and gain security. Uh, that's who you are mm. as a person over time. Mm. I mean, well, I remember the first time I was 15, I got off uh, in Istanbul, absolutely terrified, shitting myself. I went down to see the Blue Mosque, and uh, for about a week, I didn't know what, what was going on. This is 1983. And, and then I realized, well, I hitchhiked down the west coast of Turkey prior to its development, and it was still like India, pretty much third world. Then I went down to... Uh, Cairo and went down the Nile and it totally blew me away yeah. you know I mean I'd been brought up that Winston Churchill was a great guy and the British Empire was very benign and helpful and all that. and there I was meeting it and it took me about a decade of undoing yeah. what I'd learned undoing the programming about this nonsense and bullshit about what? how beautiful the British Empire was yeah. and it, it was utter crap well you know for me I had this experience that, when I was in Vietnam mm. um, I'm looking around at Vietnam and I was like you know, here's this communist country. We had a whole war in Vietnam about communism, and I'm like, well, there's a lot of businesses here, and there's a lot of um, a lot of there's classes, and this feels a lot like capitalism to me. Mm. And then I, I thought some more. I'm thinking about the U.S. Like, wait a minute, do we even really have a free market in the U.S. either? We've got government, and what I, what I came the realization mm. I came to is there's no such thing as communism or capitalism. Yeah. There's degrees of government involvement in That's countries, right. and it kind of blew my mind to think like, wait a minute, you're telling me this whole war was fought, like mm. it was essentially what I came to was this is a boogeyman mm -hmm. this communist another boogeyman. one yeah and then and then so you and now looking back on that war today it's easy to say that like oh we know that what but then you have to take a step back and think okay what are the things that we're doing right now mm. that in you know for 40 years exactly. from now we're going to look back exactly. and say oh we were fighting this thing for a boogeyman well what i want to say get to get back to uh, the travel and getting yeah, yeah. out is go yeah. Go now because of the speed of change things that i saw 31 years ago have totally gone They've finished, you know, mm. and they've either become extinct, like I was diving off the Andaman Islands, a lot of those reefs have been damaged by tsunami and things like that. But in terms of uh, the villages and like access, like when I was in Ladakh, which is a Buddhist state in northern India, now there's a road that goes up there. And before there wasn't, there was zero crime, uh, very little uh, unemployment. Now there's about 10% unemployment, there's uh, drug addictions gone up and things like that. And it's changed fundamentally the structure. Mm. Now that change is going to come wherever because you get trade-offs, you get good and bad from uh, you know, so-called developed ideas and, right. and neo-capitalism. But mm. at the same time, a lot of the old religions and the old things are vanishing very, very quickly and people need to get out and see them, not just the wildlife, but uh, accents, dialects, languages, cultures, uh, shrines, all these things, they're all out there. I mean, it's, it's like Lord of the Rings if you <laughs> are able to let go and see it for what it is and be open to it. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. Um, I th I, yeah, and it's circling back to like what you said initially, the, the traveling itself, it just opens your 
it opens your eyes mm. and your mind and you learn about yourself mm. and then you learn also about the world and it, it's um it sounds like a cliche I it mean, is was, a cliche right yeah I, um, I was a kid and i read kerouac when i was a kid <laughs> and i actually you know i hitchhiked a lot in my life which is awesome <laughs> not so much now but, but i still do a little bit um and uh that's how i began you know i I, the, your currency was who you were. Mm. It was nothing to do. You know, there were no cheap tickets. You know, if you go into Europe now, you can fly across Europe for 25 bucks and things like that. You had to hitch or find some way or get on with a, a trucker and jump in the back there. And, and your currency was who you were. If you were an asshole, he'd drop you off after five miles, you know? Yeah. But yep, if you yep. could talk to him because uh, he's bored or whatever and going around England as a kid, the fear wasn't there, you know, because of this lunatic idea that everybody's trying to kill you or yeah, steal yeah. you, and it's nonsense. You yeah, know? The, the, everyone's not, actually most people are nice, like what you were saying before, you would, people welcome you into their homes yeah, and all these things, incredible. like, I find that experience, it's funny because around the world where I go, I find that when I'm in need, by it and large, people, up. someone's there to help me. Like and it it's, people, most people are there to be good and yeah. help you. And it doesn't matter whether you're Australian, Everywhere. New Everywhere. Zealand, or whatever. And it's all oh, it gets to this cliche of a world citizen. You know, eventually, if you mm. travel enough, you're like, what's you, a country? Yeah, <laughs> and, and and the hardest thing becomes going back. You know, you're going back soon. Yes. I've gone back fifty times, and I and it's that'll be a culture been, shock for me going uh, back. It's hard. It's hard. It'll, I think I'll grow in that way too, though, right? Because that'll to. that'll yeah. that's part of the process too. Is going back mm. and like trying to mm. figure out because I probably have right now some assumptions mm -hmm. that I'm wrong about because mm -hmm. I've probably lost perspective about home sure. as well so it's yeah part of the process I always say you know people just oh you go up to the Himalayas and you know vanish for six months and you know think about your navel or whatever you know and and that's not hard it really isn't hard you know I mean when people come out here you get in this flow zone where you're traveling you know I mean you you're in it now where you're mm. bopping around and yeah yep. it's it becomes I remember the uh, the airports were like bus stops to me for a long time about a decade I was flitting everywhere you know my mother used to say mm. the first question was where are you <laughs> you know and I'd say well I'm actually in Sri Lanka but you were on your way to Mozambique. <laughs> you know, you're in Cape Town. I'm like, well, something came up. Right. And that sort of fluid mindset. Uh, and and, and then, then as you get a bit older and you that coming, going back is not uh, as easy anymore because you've changed. Right. And we all change right. in that. But you get back and you meet your old friends, you eat your best food. Three or four weeks later, it's, oh, shit, you know. Right. I'm missing it or whatever. Or, mm. These guys are great. I love them, but it's time to move on. Right, right. Um, I think a part of it will be, I will have some difficulty, I think, mm. relating um, to some people at mm. home. Uh, part of that's on me, though, right? Because I need that's to, like, right. just sort of, again, it comes back to the humility thing. Like, I, I'm not, it's not like I came out here and I'm better now. I, I know all these things about the world. No, I learned some things mm. for myself to grow, but, like, I can't come back with some arrogant attitude now. No. You know? So no. a lot, part of it's on me to just kind of, you know. One of the hardest things is you be you're very hard on your own country. We all do it. Yeah, you know, yeah, you go you're back right. And man. You think Jesus sucks. That's crap. Mm. That's you know, and it's very easy to rip it to bits mm. and you know think about this and think about that. And then then and you go in cycles. You know, and yeah. when you first come out, it's like, well, geez, that's dirty or that's not good. And then eventually, when you're in the flow, you're out. You're having all these limitless experiences, and you really meet some cool people who you would never meet. Back yeah. Home. And then you go back and you see your friends, and it seems like they're all in the box and all this. Mm. And that. But 
they, I found that, you know, after about 10 years of going back to the UK, I stopped trying to, you know, convert people. Right, right. Give them this or that. You can't. It's the old well, cliche about taking the horse to water and then making it drink. Yeah, you, you can. really can't. Yeah. And, it, and you know what? Some people just aren't interested. They want to want to work at the library or they want to be a nurse and they want to raise yeah. a family and all that. And I, I, that's absolutely right. I, I, I'm not here to like tell people, oh, you have to go and quit your job and travel and no, stuff. No, like, no, it's not no. for me to say, every person chooses their own journey. That's right. For me, this was a path that I found helpful and it's been good. And I do think it generally is a helpful thing for a person, but mm. absolutely it comes on the individual to like really decide, you know, it what is. they want. And I can tell people, for the people who do want to do it, I can be there to support them and encourage them like, if that's what they want. I can tell, give them the yeah, information. That's great. I mean, I've yeah, got friends. But not to like convert people who don't want to. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, not, it's not about converting. Exactly. It's about people trying it. And if yeah. it doesn't work, then don't do it. If it does, absolutely. I'm a bit of an anomaly because I've been out for a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, really long my time. my life. Mm. Uh, but I have friends who I grew up with who did it. They've all done a year out. I mean, you might know that in Europe and... Uh, Much more common, yeah. In Britain and in Australia and New Zealand, the year out is a big deal. Yeah, gap years. If you haven't got the gap year, when you go for your interview, wherever you're going, so they what? look at you like, what's wrong with it's you? It's so funny because like the U.S. is like the opposite. opposite people think yeah. you're crazy if you say and you're going to go traveling for it a and, year. And, and America Much suffers less for definitely. it. America yeah. suffers for it. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah. the fact that no one can tell you where Iraq is on the map or Afghanistan or Vietnam. Vietnam is right. scary. Yeah. And, you know, these are these are key events in American history as well. Mm. But um, you know, my friends have settled down with families now and kids and that. But they had a year or two out, and they and they all became much better people for it. Yeah. Some people I know just didn't yeah. like it. You know, they came away yeah. and they thought, wow, it's just not me. I like comfort and I like being home yeah. in a routine. Well, and that's the thing. It's like you can't convert people. It's uh, no. you know, everyone's now. It's a uh, I, I you know a part of it is too. It's not just that the conversion. It's I, I think a big part of me just wants to people to understand, mm -hmm. maybe. Like, I feel like if, say, my parents, my brother, or some close friends of mine, if they come out and just kind of see it in person, mm -hmm. even if they decided the lifestyle's not for them, um, you know, it would be nice to, like, because they would get that perspective, a little bit of that perspective, even if it's mm -hmm. only for a couple of weeks or something. I like, agree. you'll kind of, like, and then you can under I can talk to you in a different way mm. about like what it's like and everything. Mm. And again, I still can't force that either. Say, no. hey, come, come, come! You have to come visit me. But I think part of my it's a, it's just a personal for mm. me, like a longing I have. You know, it's my own thing, of the course. But no, I agree with you because even even now, after all these years, I've got friends who think I'm down on Kosamui drinking buckets of vodka mm. with two women on each other. Right. You know, and, right. and we live in the north where there's a mountain where there's three seasons mm. delineated. Um, and it's totally different. Lana, you know, it's 600-year-old culture that was different and cut off from Thailand for a long time. Um, totally different. But I still have people back home who think, you know, I'm in Samui or Phuket, somewhere crap like that, hanging around with, with uh, bar flies and things like that. But the cliche is uh, Thailand's this, this, this. It's not, you know. And, it's, and you get what you want out of it. You know, if you're yeah. going to go down to Phuket and well, that's hang around, exactly. Good exactly. for you, you know. But if you come up and you want culture and all that, you find it. Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more. You you find kind of what you're looking for. Like there is, I, and I've gone through phases myself of all the different mm. cycles. So you can go and party your ass off, you know. Mm. All these things you can yeah be drinking a whole buckets and girls and all these stuff. Um, but at the same time, like you know, I, I can say for me, like so I have had phases of partying, mm. but ultimately you find like that's not the thing that's going to fulfill you as a life just you can't just be partying um and now and i, I feel like i'm in a interesting situation now where 
I was doing a hardcore backpacking for a while, moving, 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 and now that I'm becoming more like domesticated, let's say, settled here in Chiang Mai, um, you know, the, the since I don't have that stimulation in and of itself of the moving, right. um, you know, it was easy at first coming to Chiang Mai. The trap I kind of maybe fell into was like doing a lot of partying, and I'm like, no, no, no. That's actually what I'm doing now is trying to find more activities to stimulate myself. Started taking jujitsu classes, mm. started trying to learn some Thai, mm. uh, starting to ramp up the podcast mm. and, and do more things. And it seems that's, there's, a, there's a natural progression. Yes, you know? I mean, it is. There's nothing wrong with, I'd say for 10 years I had a backpack, constantly mm. moving you know, through a lot of countries you know, and loving it and being in this sort of flow of a non-judgmental uh, sort of continuity of always being on a train, a plane, yeah. or in the back, or hitching, or walking, or whatever, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but then your needs change, yep, as you, exactly. you know, um, I still love it now, every week I go up to the temples here, the hidden temples on the, on the mountain, and things like that, and I take people out, but I don't find a need anymore mm. to, to go through, I still want, you know, South America's the big spot, that I'm mm. missing in my life. I need three or four years to spend down there at least. But it's yeah. not a cheap place to be, and it's uh, learn Spanish and things. But yeah, I'm I I'm so happy. I've got friends who can't sit still, yeah. and they're always flying off. They're jetting off somewhere like KL yeah. or somewhere in Australia. Again, it comes back to like the individual person chooses yeah, their journey, right? Yeah. There are a lot of well-off foreign uh, foreigners here who who can't sit still. And, the, and their money goes a long way, so they use that, you know, yeah, it's a bit, bit hedonistic. But uh, there's also a lot of people who love it here, you know, who yeah. just want to be here, not yeah. just to start up their start, but they want to spend time and get to know Thai culture. Yes, yes. And you have, you have all these different things. Um, yeah. And it's, it's funny because, like, and for me, it's a combination of these things, I'd say. Because mm. I'm here uh, wanting to learn about Thai culture, uh, experience something, to get deeper into it, like, much more than I've been able to get described. By learning the language, mm. essentially, I can get deeper in the culture. And also the startup thing is something I'm interested in as well, you know, yeah. doing online business. I think you, you see them similar as well. Like you, you learn the languages and you're also doing your online things. And so it's like a, this combination. And it, in an interesting way, it's like, um, <laughs> you know, so I quit my job to go on this little mini retirement only to learn that the goal isn't retirement, actually, because now I'm wanting to work, wanting to keep doing things, just out of myself, like, because, hey, I'm here, like, what do I want to do with my time, and, like, I want to learn some things, I want to build some things, like, and it's coming now, it's nice, because it's coming from somewhere, um, from within me, versus, mm. like, feeling like I'm doing something that I have to do, I'm like... Yeah, I, you know, I think that the, the big thing is that the Chiang Mai and, and Thailand sold as this startup digital nomad thing. I've never liked the title digital nomad, but mm. it defines what they are very well, you know, and I suppose you could say yeah, one yeah. of them. But there's much more to it, you know, you can't just breeze over um, and expect a four hour work week, you know, and right. things like that. And that's being sold. And right. and it's not true. You know, you have to do some thinking. But then when you do come here and you um, have a go, that's an English saying, have a go and be open. Mm. You can live a very high quality of life. Next time on Walking the Earth Podcast, Mike continues his conversation with Pete Hillman, and they talk about his website, Travel Outside Yourself. They also talk about social mobility, debt slavery, and an interesting concept how countries should not be rated on GDP, but gross national happiness. 
Now there's a thought. Support the show by going to audibletrial.com slash to get your free audiobook. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes and be on the lookout for the next part of the Pete Hillman episode, which will be posted at wtepodcast.com.